Hey everyone, welcome to Culturally Relevant. This is David Chen. What you're about to hear is another episode in an ongoing series called Dave on Dave, in which David Cho, the creative strategist, critiques my work as well as my approach to life. This series spawned on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Dave Chen, and I've been occasionally putting episodes of it into the main feed here on Culturally Relevant. But if you want to get episodes early, if you want to get bonus content and audio that's not available anywhere on Culturally Relevant or publicly, be sure to sign up over at patreon.com slash Dave Chen. Thanks to all of my backers there for making my work possible. All right. Enjoy this episode of Dave on Dave while I am out on vacation, which is a topic that we are going to discuss. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dave on Dave. Dave on Dave is the show where creative strategist and (laughs) man about town David Cho joins me to talk about the stuff that's on our mind, uh, my anxieties, and also uh dave cho typically gives a fairly solid critique of everything i'm doing in my life and how i could be doing it better david cho thanks for joining me today honestly that sounds like a very passive aggressive description of what we do but uh yeah i'm here for it no i think i support you it's very uh, you know it's not meant to be passive aggressive it's meant to be descriptive that's all i just strive for accuracy that's what i'm trying to get to Let's let's hit the ground running. It's eight thirteen a.m. Eastern right now, but it's five thirteen a.m. Pacific. Um, and you know we had talked about doing this, and we we're gonna try to do it yesterday. It didn't work out. And then at like you know at five a.m. you're like, hey, do you just want to do this now? And I said, sure. But why are you up at at five a.m.? Okay, so uh, yeah, D- Dave Cho has been wanting to do one of these for a little bit. I've been wanting to do one of these for a little bit of time. Um, we're both pretty busy people, and so it's hard to find time where we can both chat Actually, about things. Actually, before you even say that, we should preface the fact that um, I, I personally was very traumatized by the last one we did because I felt like I didn't do a good job because I was really tired. I thought it didn't really make any sense. And so it's important that you, the listener, whether this is on Patreon or wherever, know that I know I didn't do well. And so I don't think I did a good job. And I just want you to know that I know and I feel bad about it. So if you mm-hmm. were like, what the fuck happened? And like, it's like, oh, only 60% of what he's saying makes sense. It's like, I get it. I feel you. I too also thought that as I was listening back to some of it. Well, David Cho is being very modest because we got lots of great feedback from the last Dave on Dave, which was published on Culturally Relevant. I don't even feed. believe that because sometimes you like you'll you like send me th- you'll send me feedback because you like I think you just want like me to feel good about myself. But like you know, there's like you sent me one thing and I was like, oh, that must mean because everyone else was like, who is this other Asian <laughs> person? He doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the sentences that are connected don't actually have anything to do with each other. And it's like, yeah, I know, I agree. Um, well, sorry. It, it, it's ahead. all good. I mean, ironically, you know, I, I get more feedback on the Patreon exclusives because the you know the the Patreon at patreon.com slash Dave Chen is a uh, oh, yeah, they're they the more section. closer and more engaged listeners than culturally relevant. Uh, you know, I often get many comments on a Patreon post, but you know, I, I put a culturally relevant episode out there, I don't necessarily get any comments. So uh, this is actually you know uh, part of what it's like to run a. Uh, public podcast, and then also you know do the culture the the Patreon as well. Uh, some it's, it's, it's interesting to really to get a taste of the Dave Chen life. You know, Indeed, yeah, it's now, something I've been curious you... about for a while, and and to finally like, really just just having a moose bouche of that is is a real treat. Indeed, um, sorry. So you're you're going to tell me why you're up at five a.m. Yeah, so uh, I am going on vacation tomorrow 
for the first time in I don't know at least twelve months. I think about, yeah, I think like a year and a half. I actually remember yeah. your last vacation. Year and a half. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I mean, I went to go visit my uh, brother and his uh, wife and nephew like a month oh, that ago. Was, but yeah, that was cross country, right? Yeah, so it was all the way across the country down in the Bay Area. And uh, it you was took the long way. <laughs> yeah, it was a long way. The plane ride was like uh, at least two hours. Uh, <laughs> and that was an awesome trip, but it was also not really uh, a vacation because, uh, you know, there's a lot of like family activities, but family, also. Family, parents. Yeah, parents. And also, um, I produced a lot of uh, work that week, you know, like working for my job, working for podcasting, you know, like. Wait, I so what does you going on vacation have to do with you waking up at five? Oh, don't, don't worry. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. David. Okay. Sorry, I, w- sorry, I would sorry. not. I would not leave that part of the story out. So, uh, so anyway, um, as a result of, and, and by the way, like, I, I can't remember the last time I've had a two week vacation. It probably uh, when I was on my honeymoon is the last time the I had a two week. Duration is really impressive to me. Like two weeks is like it's like one week is like yeah I'm taking a week off like two weeks is like no I'm unplugging from this work apparatus in a way that I'm 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 excited for you and I, well, I think it'll be great. Yeah, it, it's um, there's a reason I haven't done a two week vacation in a really really long time, and it's because it really freaking stresses me out. And yeah. what I mean by that is I've spent the last fourteen years making podcasts. And uh, I feel like one of the reasons I have been, let's say, moderately successful at it is that I've been extremely consistent in general, right? Uh, I, I, there was a time when I took I a break. I think you're being hard on yourself. I'd say the reason you've been you've been <laughs> successful at it is because you're good at it. You know what well, I mean? I, I don't think that. it's the I don't think it's the cadence. I don't think it, I mean the cadence. I'm sure helps and like, you know, I. The, you, you guys mentioned something. I forget where it was, but I feel like you were talking about the idea of like the relationship that you have with the listener and and how that works. And I, maybe I mentioned this on um, on a different one that we did, but like it really reminded me of there's this um, when I was working with Bill, like when I when we first started Grantland, and we were like talking about like yeah, Bill Simmons for those who don't know. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, Bill Simmons. Um, and this website called Grantland that we started. Bill at the time was. Uh, uh, a weekly columnist for ESPN.com. And I was trying to like explain to both people at the company, but also um, advertisers, like why we made sense as a value proposition to either advertise on or to invest in or whatever. Right. And like the, the thing that it always came down to was this like logic that I think sometimes like we forget, like I, I think I, I definitely talked about this last time, but like the idea of like how human everything is. And like, when you think about Bill on a human level, there's a lot that you kind of like, it, it, it makes it clear why he has such a close relationship with his readers because it's like, so at the time he was making, he was writing a weekly column and sometimes he put out two a week, sometimes one a week. And then he was also tweeting a bunch because this was like at peak Twitter, I think this was in 2011 or 12. And then um, I guess everything's peak Twitter, but uh, it was like 2011 or 12. And then he was also doing podcasts at the time, which he was doing like maybe two times a week or so. And the podcasts are about like an hour, hour and a half each. And yeah, I was kind and, of like, and we should say they're they're hugely successful. Bill Simmons' podcasts are hugely successful. Yeah, yeah at the time, I mean, but like in 2011, you know this. It's like the way podcasts were perceived is a very, very different thing than it is now. But um, yeah. but no. So like, I, I was like, I would say those are the three outputs that he has, and I'd be like, listen, think of the closest friend you have from college, <laughs> and imagine if you were, you know, if he was writing you an email twice a week. 
and he was texting you all day long, and then you talked to him on the phone for three hours a week. Like, can you imagine? Like, that's your best, best, best friend. If this is happening that frequently, it's like there's no one in our lives that we talk to as much as that. And that's why these people have this affinity and have this relationship with him because it's like, you know, it's the same thing as like with you. It's like I, I'm not even joking, and this is like kind of weird, but I was listening to because I was awake pretty early, um, and I was listening to uh, the film cast because like I was just like trying to kill time before I decided to start working. And so like I was listening to you talk to Devendra and and uh, and Jeff, and I was like, oh, like it's like that. It's 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 not that different than what we're doing right now, except for the fact that I'm talking to you. And it, <laughs> even that, you know, it's but it's like right. that's the relationship that a listener or, or a consumer of something has with someone, which is why I'm kind of always like, ask yourself how can you how you can create the human connection with another person on a real in a real way and how can you use like digital mediums to do that even if it's not even back and forth but even just like you talking to them and it'll 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 help like you know i don't know it'll it'll create a bond that is that's that's really really worthwhile and that eventually can be monetized if that's a thing you're interested in doing i agree but, i was sorry, listening that's like to a big tangent. speaking of the ringer podcast or the ringer i was listening to or you know bill simmons properties i guess uh, i was listening to <laughs> the press box podcast now. uh i was listening to the press box podcast which is one of their podcasts and uh, somebody who's asking who, who for does like, that one? Uh, uh, Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker. Oh, and, I do not uh, like Brian Curtis. Uh, okay. Well, they were talking <laughs> about they're talking about uh, podcasting advice. They're like, what what advice would you have for a new podcaster? And somebody was like, uh, one of the hosts was like, what you really want to do is work on the relationship between the podcasters because if you are doing a podcast where like it's several you know guys gabbing as steven tobolowsky might refer to it um you want that relationship to be appealing interesting pleasant uh otherwise you want to be a dinner party you want to go to right exactly otherwise you're you're not going to want to tune into that you know once a week or several times a month over the course of years and i think that that's definitely been a key unlock for me you know is that like when I started Filmcast and um, and have you know continued to make more podcasts, like I thought, oh, I need to be like the most articulate about movies possible. Otherwise, like you know, there's so many other people more articulate than me. Like I need to be one of the most articulate people. And I've worked on it over time. Like I've tried to be better over time. It's not like I don't think I'm improving in that front. But I think more than any of that, people are paying for access to the or or when you know patreons are paying for and or free listeners are pay, or listening to access to the relationship like they want they want to be let in on this on this relationship and that's kind of what um i think it, I, think I think it might be one level even like not it, it's 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 like a little bit i, I think uh, i think it's a little bit different than that. i think it's like even like not access to the relationship. I think it's, it's access to a relationship. You know what I mean? I think it's a level, it's like a way to kind of like passively engage with humans in a way. It's like to feel, and this is going to sound dark, but I don't mean it to. I think it's just like more of a base human necessity, necessity of like not feeling alone, mm-hmm. right? It's like the idea. And that's why I was actually surprised that pandemic or uh, that podcast listening and the pandemic went down because I do think like a big part of it is just like, you're doing your dishes or you're making dinner or whatever. And you're like, this is, or you're eating dinner alone outside at a restaurant. It's like a great way to like, kind of like not feel alone in that instance. Like, I mean, I think one of the reasons why I first started listening was like, 
you know, and I think you guys have maybe stumbled upon like a, a topic that is actually, uh, that, that kind of fills a human need of like, I just saw this movie. None of my friends have seen it yet, or maybe none of my friends right. are available. And I just like want to talk about the movie the same way you do like when you leave a theater. It's like, oh, fuck, like it's a, it's a great opportunity to do that. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll go back and listen to episodes that I haven't listened to of the film cast. Like if I've just seen the movie and I just like want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, that, and that was totally what it was designed to do. So, so maybe I'm wrong. Show, maybe you guys show, did you're, it on you're, purpose. You're setting me off track again, but I don't worry. I have the map back to where we began, um, which is... Why you woke up early. <laughs> why I woke up early. Okay, so I was saying that one of the things that I've been able to do is be extremely consistent. And traveling in general gives me anxiety. Uh, and it, it wasn't until my wife like identified this for me that I, I understood like why that was the case. When like, did she point that out? Uh, I think when we were planning on our honeymoon, and and I think she mm. had, she had understood before we got married that like I didn't like to travel very much, and like I would always feel uncomfortable traveling, and and no one had ever identified it, pointed it out until her. Like no no one in my life had ever pointed it out until her. It's good that you um, married her, indeed. And so she kind of understood. Like she's like, yeah, you, you there's there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, I like my habits and systems. You know, I have a whole setup here at home. Uh, like my rituals, my daily, like, you know, um, uh, like my electric toothbrush. And like, I have, uh, I use a CPAP machine <laughs> when I go to sleep. You know, all these things that like, uh, I, I need to then bring with me to the new place to replicate the system. And so it's just like kind of a pain and therefore I don't like doing it. But beyond that, I also have just been producing podcasts regularly for uh, for years and for, you know, for over a decade. And um and we, in general, have done podcasts kind of like basically in our spare time. We're now moving to making it like a more central part of our lives because of the Patreons. Um, but in general, it's been like a, a, a spare thing. And so therefore, like, I haven't necessarily wanted to be like, okay, guys, like, I'm going on vacation. Let's like bank a bunch of episodes. How would that even work for a podcast that reviews new movies? You know, it doesn't, doesn't really even make sense. But a confluence of events have occurred. Like, one is that, uh, we because of the pandemic, like we now don't necessarily review the newest movie out in theaters, and people have told us they don't really care that much. They're still willing to listen to the show, so we are able to bank episodes, um, and uh, that's been nice. And and uh, I've been banking a bunch of other stuff that I've gotten like you know um, uh, that I'm uh, you know wanting to prepare for. But but um, but let, let's get to answer your question. Of like why yeah, was please. it open? Why was it waiting for the end? You're blaming me for like digressing. It's well, like, all this is it. all this is important context. So can't wait for the payoff. Yeah. Oh, it's it's gonna be great. So uh, essentially, I uh, have been podcasting and doing so much stuff for the last, let's say, four days. You know, just like many, many. I, I would say in the last four days, I've podcasted for about. Um, uh, eleven hours, right? Or in the last in the last three days, I've podcasted for about eleven hours of that time, uh, or ten hours of that time, and uh, th that is all like a rapid, mad scramble to bank a bunch of stuff so that I don't need to think about stuff, think about podcasting while I'm on vacation. 
Um, and that has been really, really stressful. Like, there's a, I'm like, oh, there's a reason I yeah, don't sure. do this very often. Um, and just like needing to prepare for, and that's not, that's just like the the time recording. That's not even the time spent preparing for all those things. You know, booking guests and uh, getting everything ready. You know, like all that stuff. So, um, are you going to tell me why you're awake? Honestly, it's because that process has been so stressful that I had a stress dream about. Uh, my podcast last night, and I woke Can up. Can you share the dream, or do you feel uncomfortable doing that? It, it, I will say, uh, it's it wasn't really like um, it's not like a nightmare, like an elaborate nightmare where all my teeth fall out or anything. It's more just that we we just finished recording a podcast last night, and was it the one I was listening to? Um, no, it was. Oh, okay. I, I think it's one that hasn't aired yet, Got and it. I. I wasn't happy with how I performed on the podcast. You know, like, so sometimes I do know that feeling, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, and basically like the, the dream or the stress dream was like me, uh, replaying back like everything I had said on the podcast and like being unhappy with it. And I woke up and like, like what I was saying on the podcast was like resonating, like, you know, echoing through my mind. And, it Do you was go to therapy or no? We've, I've asked you this before. I did, the answer is no, right? <laughs> not not recently. I actually was prior to the pandemic, and then I didn't. It, the the online therapy is not as as effective for me. Mm. Um. So anyway, yeah. So I woke up like at five a.m. and I was in a state of distress, and so okay. I'm like. Well- so then, then you know, I, I had a, like a bunch of texts from overnight, and uh, I you you and I had texted about recording this, and so I texted you. I was like, "Do you want to record right now at five a.m. in the morning Pacific time?" And you were like, "Let's so, do this," because you're on East Coast. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, I am. I so and, and I'm thoughts. like, okay, uh, the, here here's actually a, a pet peeve of mine is lying awake at night or lying awake in the morning, whichever whatever time. Yeah, uh, and just lying awake and not being able to sleep and lying in bed. And I know this is like part of the problem. But that time feels to me like wasted time. I would rather because it's like okay, I'm I'm lying in bed in the morning. I haven't slept very well, and I just lie there for hours trying to get back to sleep. And sometimes I don't succeed. And it's no, like I, I'm going to be tired feeling. the rest of the day, and I'm really bummed about that. And so it's like I might as well turn this time into productive time. I might as well record a podcast and do something. I realize that's part of the problem. Is like I do stuff yeah. like that, but but. It's like, you know what? At, at least I got something out of this time. So okay, that's well, why we're recording a, at 5 a.m. Put right a, as, as, as the self-proclaimed map keeper or whatever, as our navigator, put a pin on the, the, the rest and being tired all the time thing because that's something I want to talk to you about. But um, as far as like everything, like you're kind of like soliloquy just now about <clears throat> the need to put out high quality things on a regular basis and blah, 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 blah. Like... I think that that desire is, I think you're right, it's contributed to the success you've had and I think people appreciate it and respect it a lot. But also I think you, you know, this is something I've told a lot of people I've worked with in the past. It's like, you kind of have to remember, it's like the stakes are very low for what we do um, because like we work in industries of of leisure and culture and entertainment and whatever. It's like, we're not doctors. We're not lawyers. Like if we do a bad job day, no one's going to jail for the rest of their lives. No one's dying. Right. So like the stakes are low and 
And, and that's not to say be happy with being mediocre. Obviously, I'm not because I thought about a podcast recording we did five weeks ago, and I'm still thinking about it. And like I've thought about it like multiple times a week since then. But like the level, the idea that like I think you have to trust the listener a little bit for them to understand. And like granted, like yes, if you do a bad performance, like let's say whatever, if it was the After Dark, whatever it was on, and you think you did a mediocre job, then um, you know there's a first time listener who might have just subscribed to the Patreon and feel like hey, what the fuck did I just pay for? I hate this. And like, yes, that might occur. But also it's like there's also going to be, you know, hundreds if not thousands of other people that are going to be like, oh, yeah, this is good. And it's like uh, this is a good way for me to spend the the time I'm doing my dishes or whatever it is. And I think there's a little bit of perspective that is helpful because there are times where the stakes are really, really high, right? Like if you had Christopher Nolan on the podcast and like, you know, you you <laughs> – you like you're not rested or you're not whatever. It's like hour fifteen of like a twenty hour podcasting session. It's like that's probably not the best circumstances for you to podcast in, right? But it's also kind of like if you're just doing the weekly the weekly run through of everything. It's like right. a you don't have to put that much pressure on yourself, or you should put a an appropriate amount of pressure on yourself. But then B, I think it's also important that you realize it's like you know you can also step away from these things, and these things will be okay. You know, it's like you can, you know, I'm glad you guys are doing a system where like not all three of you feel like you have to be on every episode. I think that's probably a good, good deal. And like, granted, like, I, you know, I'm sure I'll enjoy the episode that you're not on or that Devendra's not on like less than I would the other ones. But like, you know, it's okay. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not, I'm not unsubscribing for that reason. And I think you just have to always ask yourself, like, what are the stakes when you're doing something? And, and, and what does it mean? Cause it's like the idea that you said, like, I didn't like traveling because like, I was missing, I, I was always concerned about putting out content. It's like traveling is one of the best things. What it's like the reason you should you you work so hard and, and or not the reason, but like one of the reasons I think one of the big benefits of having like any sort of financial flexibility or having a steady job or whatever that stuff is, is like the ability to travel and see new things and also for your brain to be put in situations that it's not in normally to like sort of like learn how to react and learn how to adjust and adapt to situations both not only makes you better and smarter as a human, but I think is also truly like one of the benefits of life that I think you have to really take advantage of. And I'm sure like, I, what are your thoughts on travel now that you've done it a little more with your wife? And, you know, I know you, you guys went uh, obviously to San Francisco around the world or, or across the country, but also like, you know, you guys went to Iceland a couple of years ago. Like, um, you know, you've been to other places. Like, like how have you felt coming back from those trips aside from the anxiety of like the internet? Yeah, I, I don't know about all that stuff about, like, certainly travel opens my mind, and I see sights and experience things I've never experienced before, and that's, like, wonderful. I don't know, man. I I feel like I, I, I'm just not necessarily as curious as other people. You know, like, I, I, I have enjoyed every trip we've ever been on, like, Iceland, mind-blowing, freaking amazing, would love to go back. Like, I, I, I had an incredible time there. <laughs> You're like, mind-blowing, would love to go back. Eh, didn't really do anything for me, though. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> well, it's, it's more like, um, it's less like it didn't really do anything for me, and more like, I think there's some people who, like, if they died, and they didn't have a chance to see, you know, Machu Picchu, or you know, Thailand or whatever, they'd be, they'd, they'd feel really sad about that. They'd be like, I always regretted never going to Machu Picchu. And I'm like, I just don't know if I'm going to feel that way. Cause I've had a well, lot of time to contemplate. You just said it was mind blowing and that you loved it and would <laughs> love to go back. Like what, what is the, like what, what does the other person think? They, they think that 
my life is a failure if I haven't gone to Iceland or whatever, Machu Picchu no, but or whatever. Uh, first of all, I, I guess I've had a lot of time to contemplate death over the course of the last year. Sure. Uh, year and a half. And, and uh, you know, there's many people who, uh, you, you know, make lists of their regrets or whatever and, and publish who them online. Who are these people making? Really? Bro, well, you have to find a different corner of the internet because, like, if you're on the list of regrets <laughs> corner of the internet, it's like okay, that's okay, okay, not okay. a good uh, place for anyone. It's more like, you know, people have written, like, hospice care workers have written articles. You know, I've read one at The Guardian about, like, you know, here are people, like, here are the regrets people have at the end of their lives. And, like, some, many of them are like, it's, it's Just, you know, here are some of the regrets. Like, like regrets I actually remember the people writing, like, number one, I wish I had, like, you know, um, done what I wanted to do as opposed to like what other people wanted me to do because you only live one life, you know? Just, um, just to recap, you just said, I would rather be reading the regrets of people who died online rather than going to Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That, that was, if, that, if so, that was a miscommunication. That's not what I was trying no, to convey. Kidding. But it's just the idea of like you, you, like, you prefer, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's like, again, you're putting a weird sort of like, expectation structure on what travel is meant to do. I think it's like if you feel like it's if you feel like your mind is blown and if you had a really great time and you would do it again, that to me feels like that should be the that that that, that is why that that is what's good about it. And I do think like I like you know I I went I traveled internationally for the first time in a year and a half obviously um like a few weeks ago and like I could feel myself being I was in Italy and I could feel myself like the act of being in a place where I didn't know the area, I honestly couldn't speak the language really that well. And I'd like problem solve for like the things that were happening and like whatever. It's like, that was actually like really good for my brain. You know, it's like your brain, your brain, like anything else can like kind of like fall into patterns and fall into habits. And, you know, the more you for, at least for myself, the more I force myself to do things that are outside of my comfort zone, you know, or, or, or solve or be in situations that's not normally. And it's like, it's just better for me. You know, it's like, I, like I feel my, like, I feel different synapses connecting in my brain. Like, it's like, I can feel the productivity of that. So I, I, you know, when you say, yeah, I, I guess it's like, when you say like mind blowing would do it again, you know, like, but it's not for me. It's like, I, I guess I, it's no, hard no, for me to reconcile. I, I'm not saying it's things. not for me. Let me just be clear. Let me just be clear. Okay. First of all, uh, other th other life people might be wondering other life regrets people have okay so one is like not living your wondering. own life <laughs> uh not not living your own life and not doing the things that you wanted to do uh another thing is um like not removing toxic people from your life uh i think was like another regret and then another one is like not traveling more so so traveling is often like one of the things that people regret most not having done and uh, I think it's great, you know, but I also don't feel like it's like a thing that I'm like extremely driven to do, you know, um, left unchecked. It, like if you gave me a million dollars and you're like, what are you going to do with this money? Um, maybe five yeah, percent, maybe five percent of it would be allocated to traveling stuff. You know what I mean? Like or. You, you know, like I, I, I wouldn't be like I'm gonna okay, go well, see the. Yeah, sure, there's some people but, who'd be like I'm gonna go see the world and like do. You know, I'm not you, one of those let, people. Let's, uh, let's, it, let's play the thought experiment out. If I if I gave you a million dollars, like what would you do with it? I'm genuinely curious now. Well, I'd probably invest a bunch of it. You know, for um, what? <laughs> <laughs> I get. Is the exercise like how would I? 
what would I actually do practically, no, or how would I spend that money? It's like, more on just things? like the idea, like sure, like yes. If if someone, if you have a job and you got a million dollar bonus, yes, investing it, saving it, whatever, all that stuff is completely <laughs> practical and completely reasonable. And yes, it's like, you know, that is the, that is how rich people stay rich. Like it's super important. But I think in a thought exercise where someone's like, I'm giving you a million dollars. Okay, what percent would you invest or save? I, I mean, it, with with that amount of money, what I would want to do is figure out a way to generate income passively um, sure, sure, sure. so that I could, you know, uh, spend more time making stuff online. Basically. I'll be honest. <laughs> I give you a million. I'm buying you podcast equipment and I'm going <laughs> to save it so I can make more podcasts. Yep, I guess it's yep. good you do what you love. I don't know, man. It's just kind of like, you know, like, would you spend any of it like in a, in a, in a, in sort of a dumb way, you know? Uh, like buying new cameras like i know you like buying cameras you already have or whatever it is yeah like, I, I don't know i don't know i i, I you know you can't even good... commit to me in a hypothetical million dollars i'm giving you that you would buy a eight thousand dollar camera oh yeah no de- i definitely would i definitely would but i okay, guess i'm good. like i guess i'm like um i i, I think that's this this question is going to take us a little off course david so let's let's uh uh, let's reflect that this my will be a future day would call topic. that uh, my therapist would call that um, <laughs> what does she call it it's like whenever like I don't want to talk about something I just change the subject <laughs> yes <like> yes <laughs> uh, digressing um, anyway, anyway no 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 so, okay so so, uh, so you don't yeah. like travel would rather be making things on the internet one thing I will say like when I was in Europe it was like really nice and it'll be good for you to be that detached from the time zone that you're in is mm-hmm. it kind of makes you like I'm a completist about things I read on the internet like right you know, Same. it's like I and, and so, you know, and when I moved to L.A. It was the first time I like st- like before I moved to L.A., I was reading literally everything on my timeline on Twitter. Like I would see every tweet and I would consume it because I was like eight to I was I was awake at Eastern hours where like most of the tweets were happening. I could catch up on things over over the middle of the night. It's like I was reading everything. And then I moved to L.A. and I got completely removed from that, which was nice. And then like when I travel, it's kind of like I don't see a lot of it. And it's honestly really great because. Like it turns out, you actually get the same amount of information whether you check the internet once a day or whether you check it literally thousands of times a day. <laughs> and it's just like, it's it's funny. It's like I, you know, uh, around the time of like last year, there's some point where I was like, you know, um, my girlfriend and I went on a trip to um, to somewhere like local, like upstate or something, and we went hiking all day long and whatever. And I was like reading the internet once a day, and it was like so much better to get all the news after like. In not a reactionary time, but right. in sort of like at the end of the day or the next morning, here's what's happened and here's all the reportage around it rather than the TikTok, not the app, but the, the like the way things are reported, yeah. not yep. the TikTok version of it where it's like this just happened and this just happened right. and this just happened. And it's, like, right. it's like like that actually is a better way to consume information. And I, I hope – I mean obviously do whatever the fuck you want, but like I think it could be a good exercise for you to potentially try that. You know, just like – you know, like be in the moment, be where you are. Like if you're hiking or if you're eating at dinner or if you're doing whatever, if you're seeing something new for the first time, you know, just just do that. And then realize like the news will still happen and you'll still get it. And you might miss a couple of tweets that are like kind of funny. But like, you know, honestly, if they're good, they'll probably be retweeted enough where they're showing up on your algorithm. It's like, you know, you're not going to like there is not that much that you'll really miss. And it, it you know, maybe, I, I mean, I'm doubtful this will happen, but maybe it'll change the way you use the internet when you get back. You know, like you won't feel the need to sort of see everything. Because I think it's like, you know, the internet's great and I love the internet, but there's a lot of trash on the internet too. So, 
I don't know. Like, do you think, have you ever had that experience? Have you ever, like, when you when you went to Iceland, did, were you, like, did you find yourself trying to, like, match your internet consumption, your your 11-hour phone time um, while you're traveling as you were also, like, that you had when you were at home? Not, uh, I mean, yes, I, I usually use the internet quite frequently regardless of where I am. Um, but, you know, I can I can work on that when I'm at the thing, like... Uh, when I'm in, on vacation this this next couple weeks, I will say Iceland makes it very difficult because Iceland has better inter- like cell phone internet coverage than where I live right now, which is Seattle, which is like a major mm. tech hub in the United States. Um, the you know you're out there, you're like at a waterfall. There's like literally less than ten people in a five mile radius, and I'm getting like full bars on my phone. Um, Did you find yourself like looking at your mentions while you're at like this waterfall rather than like looking at the waterfall? No, I'm not. It's not that bad. I'll, I'll usually okay. try to like enjoy. I mean, what, here's what I will do though, David Cho, is I'll I'll try to create something off of the waterfall. You know, I'll try to like take photos yeah, sure. or videos at the waterfall that I will then post. When you later. create, do you when you when you're taking pictures of things or when you're creating things like, do you find yourself doing that with the intention of content or with the intention of like cre- like capturing memories? And I, you know, I, I, I'll say just so you don't feel self-conscious, like there are times I'm like, oh yeah, this would be good content. I'm like, oh, this is funny. Like, this is cool. Like the, there are things like that, but I would say the majority of the content on my phone is actually more like memory recollection keeping than it is just content. Like, what would you say your percentage breakdown is of content on your phone that you capture? You know, I, I'd give it a good, I'd give it a, it, it, that's a really good question. I don't really think about that. I guess, um... I don't really think about that. I, I don't know if I would even divide it. it like if I, if I, if uh, off the top of my head, I might say like fifty fifty. But well, the I don't even is like know the intent, it, right? It's like you're saying like, oh, I'm at this thing and I'm capturing content on my phone, and it's like you're kind of like that. I want to publish on the internet. That's why I was like, oh, like I well, wonder if the intent is there. It's a mi- it's a mix because like I'm doing this one second every day video project, right? Where like for the last I think I don't know eight years. Um, I've recorded one second of video for every day of my life and I will stitch it together into like a a six minute video every year. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've been doing that pretty consistently. And so on some level, I'm capturing it for a memory, right? Um, But Well, the question is why you make that video. Like, is is that video a personal exercise? I I hope it goes viral. No, I don't. I don't like, I, I post them on YouTube and stuff, but like no one, I don't think anyone gives a shit about, you know, that that video it's it's 95 percent for me that video is um but then there's like uh, then there's like the content uh component of it but i guess like <laughs> I, I guess a part of it is content i will say this though that i try i'm trying i'm more self-conscious about my content these days and what i mean by that is like i try not to just like I, I, I guess I spent the last few months on TikTok, and I've seen, I've heard how how creative people are, like how amazing everyone is with like store, basic storytelling, and you know, you know, for many many years, like for my Instagram stories as an example, I was just like, oh, I'm at this place, I can just take a video of this place, and like that's good enough for the Instagram story. Now I'm like, dude, like. A million people have already done that. Like, no one gives a shit that I can take a video of this place that a million people have been doing. I need, like, something about this needs to be exceptional. Like, I either need to tell a good story with this, 
or um, or like the quality of the image using like the camera equipment I have needs to be extremely high, or else it's not worth doing. And then what ends up happening is I'll like take a vi- photo and video and then just not publish it because I'm like um, I don't. It's not good enough. And then it, it by default, Dave Cho becomes a memory, <laughs> you know, becomes for memory keeping because I'm not posting it online. So the the, the rejected content becomes memory. Correct. Cor- that's absolutely correct. It's it's my my mem- my. Uh, okay, well, photo memories are all, uh, you know, Instagram story rejects, basically. So, so, aw. so a, <laughs> a few things. <laughs> Your poor wife is going to definitely listen to this and be like, <laughs> bro, what the fuck? Um, no, uh, a few the, the, And that's, you know, that's not, uh, like, as I've indicated, there are many videos and photos I take that are just for the memories that I never publish. But yes, uh, so, it, it's a significant, uh, it's a significant part of what I'm doing. So, so a few things I think... I'm trying to. I'm trying to even begin where to. I'm trying to figure out where to begin to unpack all of this uh, neurosis. Um, uh-huh. So the first thing I think is important is like you have to remember it's like especially more than ever um, the internet is a snake eating its own tail. And as much as you want things to be original, as much as you want things to be different, it's like everyone's kind of doing the same thing. And they're either like it, it, what I mean by that is like it's incredibly difficult to do anything original. Anywhere in the world, because if you remember, it's like at all times, everyone's always creating. Plus, you're now competing against literally everything that's ever been created before that. And that's not to say, like, don't strive for originality. But, like, if originality is crippling you, it's like, I think there is going to be, like, you'll never be able to creatively accomplish anything. Because it's like, if you really thought about it, like, everything you've done is reductive of something else or is duplicative of something else, right? Like, there are things that you don't even see that you're copying. You know what I mean? And by copying, I mean, like you know, it, whatever, right? So it's like nothing's ever original and that should, rather than being restricting, that should be freeing. As I say that to you, I can tell that you might be a person that won't see that as freeing and so like I'm a little <laughs> worried about that. But but that that's that's point one. But point two, which is also really important, is like you have to ask yourself, like, what are you doing it for? You know what I mean? It's like, like what is, what is your content for? Like what is the internet for? And I think the the moment you can really define that for yourself, I think you'll probably, I, I don't know, I mean, you're probably not going to apply any of this to your life, but like just based on you being very set in your ways and like old dog new tricks and all that stuff. But like <laughs> you have to ask, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like, like I, for me, it's like, I, you know, I think you see probably a fair amount of my Instagram content. It's like very little is it for anyone else. You know what I mean? It's like it's mm-hmm. pretty much just for me and my friends. And like uh, it, there's 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 not much of it where it's like this is something that that like I'm like this is not how I'm going to make my money. This is not how I want my legacy to be remembered. This is not the things that like I think are, you know, I mean sometimes it's like oh yeah, I'm proud of this thing that I made and so this exists like for sure that like exists. But for the most part it's like oh here are things that like especially on Instagram stories, content that literally only lives for 24 hours. It's like yeah, like here's just something that I think that looks nice or here's something I think that's funny or here's something I think that's like cool, like here's something I think that's interesting. It's like the idea of putting these stakes on it that are so high just seems almost like unnecessary anxiety that, that, that you just don't need. You know what I mean? Because it's like you have a, a, a content output that goes into the world that actually is both consumed by tons of people but also does have stakes, right? Because it lives on forever or at least for however long you guys save the podcast episodes and like like actually does have ramifications and like is is does warrant that level of neuroses, right? Like the idea of like you staying up because like 
you know, you said something weird on a podcast, especially if it was on the film cast, it's like, I would understand that, right? The fact that you're like staying up because like, and I, I'm not saying this is what happened, but like, if you were like waking up in the middle of that, cause you're like, oh, that sunset photo could have been filtered differently. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't react. But, I mean, but, that, but you know what I mean? It's like the idea of like, just don't, don't put so much, um, and, and again, easier said than done for me to say to you, but it's like, I, I feel all of this pressure that you're putting on yourself within these different things that kind of like, again, it's easier for me to say this the, than for you to believe it, but like, they just don't matter in a good way. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. they should be freeing. It's like, like no one that listens to, to no one that does, that, that reacts to anything that you do that makes you money or is part of like your, your long-term legacy or whatever is affected by anything you do on Instagram. It, probably a little more so on Twitter because obviously that's like a different uh, medium for you. But like, and definitely, I, I, you know, I think TikTokers are learning this themselves. It's like definitely not on TikTok. There's not a single, per- like I, I doubt that there is any percentage of your audience that is, is like you're, you're the, the slash film, or the film, I'm sorry, the film cast or, or any of the other things that you'll do moving forward will be, I doubt they'll be really impacted by TikTok. Because it's like, you know, unless you're really doing TikTok as a full-time thing, I don't think it can really do that. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I mean, am, so do I sound I, wrong to you? I have a few thoughts. Um, first of all, uh, I think that's all well taken. And I think in general, it's good advice. I think there's one piece of context that you but, should have. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, which is, I guess that... Uh, on some level, I feel most like alive, you know, or most actualized when I'm creating stuff. And it's not even necessarily like quote unquote for other people. You know what I mean? It's I more mean, just that's like cool. it, that, it's that, just, that I respect a lot. Right, right. Right. Like if if you're if you're saying like the the act of creating things that will even resonate with one person in some world is the thing that gives me like a, a, a version of like self-satisfaction or a sense of like feeling like I have a purpose that's being achieved and like fantastic. Right. You know right. What I mean? It's like, not even one person. It's, it's like, it's more like my own, like uh, the one person is me, you know, like I, yeah. but, but part of that, I think inherently the downside of that, right. Is that it inherently comes with some kind of comparison against the work of other people. Right, because I don't, I don't just want to do like a mediocre. I just don't just want to create something mediocre, and mediocre I think is defined by what other people have created. You know, like who do you who do you think applies this comparison, or who do you think like uh, who do you think is like comparing? Are you saying you yourself or other people? No, I'm saying I'm saying this is me. I'm telling you who I am. I'm saying I'm saying for me, I feel like most alive when I'm creating stuff, but. Only when I'm creating stuff that I feel personally is excellent, and and I will only conclude something is excellent in some ways by comparison to what other people have created, right? So then, then that in some ways is bad, right? Because it, you're saying it's for other people, and and it's not like the audience that I care as much about, although that is also important, but more like what else? I mean, people in that are, way, it's kind of like the internet's really like fucking you over because it's like, you know, how much do you know about like um like Donald Judd? Donald Judd? Yeah. 
he's a he's like a modern artist. Uh, he was like really prolific in like the sixties and seventies. He's probably influenced like a lot of furniture that you have, like any sort of minimalist. I mean, he mm. would hate this term, but like minimalist design, like whatever, right? So yeah. he's this guy who has created art that like is truly like whatever. Uh, do you know what Marfa is? Marfa, Texas. Mm-mm. But so I'm Marfa, looking Texas. up Donald Judd, and he he seems like a big deal, uh, or or he <laughs> or he was before he passed <laughs> yeah. away in 1998, Correct. or 1994, um, I should say. Sorry. So Donald Judd is like a is truly like a personal not hero but like he's someone who I respected a lot, a lot admire a lot I think has affected the way I think about things a lot and you know one of the things he did is uh, he created this community in Marfa Texas some people say it's because it was the furthest point from anywhere else in the world and he wanted to create permanent art and what that meant was like he would buy these structures and he would install art that would only exist permanently. And, you know, and he, it's like he was doing this and not only was he doing something weird, but he was also probably like one of the most successful art critics and artists of the time. So it's like he would take like, you know, him and like his friends, like his contemporaries were like some of the best artists in the world. It's like, you know, Dan Flavin, um, Yayo Kusama, like all these people you'd say, John Chamberlain, it's like, I'm going to take pieces of your work or you're going to commit, build pieces for me that is going to live in this place forever. And, you know, it was kind of like he did things truly for himself. It's one of the things I respect the most about him. It's like he was like, I'm creating this art and it's not like I'm not doing it for like he lived in New York at the time. And he was like, I don't want to do anything for this scene that I now kind of resent and hate. And in some ways, I'm sure he, he felt the same thing you did to a lesser extent because he didn't have the Internet. But it's like. I can feel myself and my creative output being affected by the people around me and to, to, or like, or being corrupted by the people around me. Like I hate the idea of galleries just switching shows every, you know, every few weeks or something like that. So I want to create things that are permanent that will live in this world that actually matter. And, and I, I think about when I think about like artists like that, I'm always like, Oh, like, I wonder what they would be like today. You know, there's like an Alice Neal retrospective at the, at the Met. Um, and she's like a painter who at the time was like, painting like all these activists and uh, both activists that mattered in uh, with the socially, but also like the people of her community. And I'm like, Oh God, I wonder if she's just like painting like DeRay if she was alive today, because that's like what the internet would do to her. And like these things that are like, or Sean King or McKesson, something. McKesson, the activist? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Just like, or just like these people that like, I mean, and DeRay or Sean King or any of these people are like, are people that are human, so they're problematic, right? There are things that they've done that yeah, have been. That I, I wouldn't. Be... I wouldn't compare those two exactly. I feel like one is way more problematic, but okay. I, I take your uh, point. D- different people would say different things, but okay. all that to sort of say, it's like you know. But it's like so when you think of like these these artists, like I wonder how much the internet has sort of like broken the purity of your creative mind mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm like, this is. On a human level, like a, you, you are weirdly taking the same approach that probably like Michelangelo took. You know what I mean? It's like, I no, but like I'm not saying you're Michelangelo by yeah. any means. But yeah, I'm no, saying I like the idea of saying I want to create things that have never been created, whether they resonate with someone or not. They have to meet. They have to matter to me, and they have to impress me, and they have to be things that I'm proud of to have created. Correct. Right. And it's Correct. like, but then, but which like you know, in 1960 is like an incredibly like pure and creative headspace to create things within but then if you layer in 2000 i don't know 2002 and on you're like but now i'm not only judging myself against everything that exists but everything that's ever been created before that (laughs) and 
And, right. And so all of a sudden you go from like I, I, I don't know prepared. how pure I don't know how pure it was in 1960, but I agree with you that that the internet has fundamentally altered our perception of art. Right. Well, and, and, and I'm sure yeah. it's also like juiced it. Like I'm sure there's like there's a part of the creative passion that you like because it provides validation from other people, and like I think that's true for all art forever. Right. But like I guess it's just kind of like I would. I think it's like in some ways it's good you're going on vacation because hopefully it'll force you to unplug, which will hopefully like allow you to not feel the and maybe this won't happen because you're you, but like that will allow you to free yourself from the from the natural I don't know, like the natural like comparisons that you find yourself making because you see more and more things and like you know, like even you saying like, Oh, I see these kids on TikTok or I see these people, whatever, like telling stories better, and it's like all of a sudden a realm that you weren't even engaging in, which is like, let's say like, you know, one yeah, and a half short, minute short form, short narrative, form skits. Yeah, short form <laughs> you know, narrative content. Like now yeah. you're like, I need to do that because that's something that I see other people doing. And it's like, I don't know. I, I, I just think like, I hear everything you're saying and I think there is like a true purity to it, but also this like incredibly almost like, I don't know, like you're like one step to like Don Quixote for me right now where it's like you're just like you're like chasing after like you're fighting these like windmills like that you think are dragons. And it's like, I don't know, I, I wonder if I wonder if you could if you could sort of take some of the Internet out of your brain and maybe it's not possible. I mean, I, I'm obviously extremely plugged in and very like like the Internet has like I, we've, I've said this before. It's like the Internet's like obviously made my entire career and like nothing is possible in my life without the Internet. But like. I don't know. I wonder if you could take it out of your cognitive process a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe yeah. not, maybe it's not possible, but I don't know. But we'll, I'm curious to see what happened. Like, I'm curious, like, we'll probably talk like, I'm going to talk while you're on vacation, but we'll probably talk publicly, you know, at some point when you're back. And I'm curious to see what the, the net net of it all is. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me too. Um, Maybe you'll come up with like some sort of viral TikTok thing and all of a sudden you'll be like, this is the only thing I have to do ever. <laughs> Recreating the success is the only thing that matters to me. <laughs> I'm, I will say that TikTok has been real rough lately with the numbers and I'm not the only one feeling it. Like, uh, <laughs> okay, let's, let's do, I'm going to put a, a tight two minutes on the Dave TikTok update. Tell yeah, me where you're I, at. <laughs> I think that's fine. I think, um... Uh, I've been on TikTok for like three months now, um, and in that time, um, let's see, I can actually pull up my my actual creator stats here. Um, in that time, uh, you have a minute or, and a half left, so you know, use that minute and a half wisely about TikTok. Yeah, I, I know it's okay. So in the last sixty days, I've gotten two million views on TikTok, um, and I was averaging like a pretty good clip, like every like I, I think I told you like once every uh, one to two weeks. I'd have a TikTok that went viral, so like a hundred thousand or more views is my would be my definition, and uh, and then all, the last three weeks it's just completely stopped, and it hasn't only stopped for me; it stopped for like many people. So like, there's people who have like twenty thousand uh, followers, like eighty thousand followers, one hundred twenty thousand followers. I look at their video views, and they're like between one and three thousand per video, and it's like they're they're clocking numbers about the same as me, basically. Um, and so it's just like wow, they're they're really tweaking their algorithm. And I realized how um, nasty and brutish this world is, David Cho. Which is uh, wow. Let's the, not let's not use the term this world. Let's like the TikTok world. Like it's like it's not <laughs> our world. It's a, it's a very specific corner of the internet in which like you're valuing your your success and your performance 
on numbers that are truly meaningless. It's like you're not <laughs> like the idea of a TikTok view or whatever. It's like the those numbers like they might have been inflated from the beginning. It's like it's you a, don't it's you totally don't true. know you, I, you're you're believing in this currency <laughs> that that truly has not been validated by literally anyone. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It, it's a it's like if if I told you one if I told you yesterday if I told you tomorrow it's like Dave great news you're now worth 15 billion chobucks um <laughs> you're like oh my god 15 billion and then and then then a week later i'm like dave even better news a hundred billion chobucks you're like oh my god i'm i'm doing so great <laughs> and, then, and then and then two weeks i'm like dave gotta break it to you you're we we had a we had an issue at the chobucks factory and now twenty thousand chobucks is all you're worth you're like what the fuck is happening? And that, that's literally kind of, that, that's what you're. That's that what is, I. That's what I sound like. Is what you're saying? Well, it's just kind of like okay. First of all, to to circle back to something that you said before, it's like you're like I want to make things that no one's made. I want to do things I'm proud of. It's like you have to answer me honestly. Is TikTok really that? Like, was TikTok really an exercise in? Connecting with people, storytelling, any of the, like any of those things, like really, like I like your, I like some of your TikToks. I think are enjoyable. Like I laugh at them, you know. Whatever. I, I enjoy. I tell you when I like them. But it's like, was it really that exercise? Um, it really, it really was. Like you may not believe it, but it really was. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that, what I mean by that is, I I first got um involved in the world of podcasting because i read a bunch of uh film blogs like film websites and film blogs and i really got into that world and like you know there's people in that world that i followed consistently and i was like discovering new people all the time and like uh i i, I don't you know I, I try not to toot my own horn um but oh, wait, Dave, breaking I, news you're now worth a trillion show. Tro- I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I try not to do my own horn, but I, I would argue that yeah, you're super the Slash Filmcast has led to some people um, being discovered as talents that, that yeah, wouldn't otherwise have been, right? Yeah. Um, and and when the, the podcast was first starting, I, I really felt a, a whole huge amount of energy from oh my gosh, I'm discovering all these new talents. I'm I'm highlighting them and I'm like uh, I'm connecting with all these people. I, I have all these friends and acquaintances, uh, people like you, that I would yeah. never have otherwise met if it weren't for the podcast, right? Sure. Um, and when I, when I joined TikTok three months ago, it's the first time I felt that way in like six years. Like, it's the first time I felt like, oh my gosh, this is a whole okay, other world. Okay, okay, real quickly. So yeah. when you felt that, right? Like when you listen to the podcast, the podcast like, makes sense to me. It's like, you've made, you've literally made lifelong friendships because of it, like, for sure. Yes. Do, can you really say that you did that by way, like you say, like, it's the first time I felt that in however long. It's like, I, is there a single relationship by way of TikTok and either on the platform or because of the stuff you made that you disseminated elsewhere, it's like, that you really think is a product of that content? Uh, well, it's it's a work in progress, David Joe. Like, I'm, I'm making connections with people on the platform. There's people- Are you? I, I really am. There's 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 somebody who like uh we're we're like mutual follows and this and this person Mutuals. messaged me 
and uh, and they're like a relatively popular creator. And they said, "Hey, David Chen, like I love your work. Like it's so cool to see you on here." And I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome." And then like I later messaged them, and I was like, "Hey, so like, what did you know me from like slash filmcast, like Cast of Kings?" And this person said, um, "No, I, I found you on TikTok. Like they, they they had no other reference for my work than TikTok." And I was like, "This is incredible. Like I didn't even I didn't even think this was possible." And so anyway, I, I, I am sorry, you know, like, uh, You're sorry? I, what are you sorry for? <laughs> well, I'm sorry that it comes off to you and potentially my wife oh, and others no, 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 as no, like, no, no. as like a fairly like meaningless exercise. But for me, it's like, I'm discovering all these like creative people and, um, I can totally see, I can totally see myself becoming friends and collaborators with these people. Um, okay. it, you know, given a long right, enough listen, time, but you, I've been on this thing for like three months, you know, like it took me years before i like okay. had established like before anyone would even pay any attention to me in uh in the film podcasting or the film world and to this day true? there's still how people many, who don't give a shit long, about me you know how long so, did it take for you guys to get kevin smith on the podcast well that was in a that was a weird time it was a weird time because i was one of the first people doing movie podcasts i mean i'm just saying like you're you're like creating these like you've created this you're like it took years for anyone to recognize anything i'm doing it took whatever it's like well i mean you got Arguably, at the time, especially like one of the biggest directors. I, I, I know, and, to- and if and David Cho, if I had if I had been one of the first like major TikTok creators, I would be able to get you know the equivalent of Kevin Smith today on one of my TikToks. But I didn't. I Jake wasn't Paul? early enough. <laughs> so you know. And, anyway, that's my point. Is like Newman. <laughs> what is that I'm, guy's name? <laughs> it's early days. It's early days in the TikTok front, but I feel like there. Uh, there's people discovering my work on there that um, have never before. I'm discovering new creators I never had before, and I'm finding it to be very exciting. Um, Are you consuming the same amount of TikTok as you did before? No. Like, would you say a month ago you're consuming mm-hmm. the same amount of TikTok? Uh, it's a very different amount today. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I've I've I, actively cut it out of my life. I, I put in I put in what I get back from the platform, but for for a while, you know, you're talking about the Chobucks. That's a great example, uh, <laughs> and you're right. Like the views are meaningless, and I shouldn't value myself on them. But like the idea of an algorithm that could that could a identify certain characteristics about a video that you made, and b serve it up based on how quote unquote good it was, or how good it, good it was at fulfilling those characteristics. There was a purity to that idea that i really liked you know it's like but did you realize after the fact that it's it's a little bit it's like it's not as wizard of oz or it's more wizard of oz than you thought you know oh, what i mean like yes act, like i 100 percent think it's it's like a, a lot of it is bullshit now i mean I, yeah. I still think like if you make a really good one like that is definitely or no that's actually not even true like there was one one tiktok that you and i sent to each other that like went mega viral recently and that guy had actually posted that video like years ago and it didn't go viral and he just posted it again and went viral. And so it's just like, it's it, sometimes it's truly random when things well, go I mean, viral. Yeah, all, like all success is random. You know <laughs> but, what I mean? Like, it's I, like, I like, the like idea. hard work and quality rarely, rarely are the only reasons why something succeeds. I just, it, the, there was something strangely appealing to me about the idea of like, here's an algorithm that will judge everyone the same. And like, if well, you can just... It feels like a meritocracy. It feels right, like you, if you, can you just take a world it. like... I yeah. just said nothing in this world is fair and you realize and you know that because you you've lived on this earth for a good amount of time and you're like finally something that's fair and I can I can have right. success in a fair world and like I'm not hamstrung by this other thing because this thing now allows things to be fair but it's like 
I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like if, if that's what you want to do and if that's where you find like a sense of creative, creative satisfaction, it's like that's great. You know, I guess it's just like I just hope that it's not – I just, I just don't want. You're like, these, if like, that's what you want, and I, you know, that's fine. I just look down on it greatly. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's just more like to me. It. I wasn't sure if you were doing it because of the validation factor, which is why I do a lot of things. Like I do things for external validation all the mm-hmm. time. It's like it's not. It's like I, I mentioned this the other day, or like maybe two times ago, where it's like, oh yeah, like there's this moment where I was like, I've had very strong feelings about the like the API hate thing, and I wrote something on the internet about it and then it was like medium viral and it was like i was like oh shit this is how this happens this is how people this is why people do it because like when you get ten thousand likes or something on an instagram post it feels good yeah and then you get likes from like you know all these famous people and it's like oh my god this is like a feeling and like there was like a, a fleeting like two minutes where i was like damn this is why people do this this is why people like pursue this thing and and why you know i mean it's like all power corrupts or like whatever the the sort of power and corruption like correlation is very very high and like uh and so i get that part of it and as long as like it's not like if you're doing it for you and if you're like when when if if there's a if you died tomorrow a death a thing you think a lot about and you're like i'm so proud of the output of what i've made and these are the things that truly like satisfied me on like a on a on a representative level, on a creative level, and it's like even if no one else likes them, it's for me. It's like okay, cool. I, I like that as like a I like that as like an exercise for anything you do. But like yeah. I think the second like as long like but again like TikTok to me like in some ways is like uh, you know the Chillbox thing wasn't like a uh, I meant it. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, do think yeah. all those numbers are juiced. I think they are kind of meaningless, and I think it is kind of like you know uh, whatever. And so I think it's like. As long as you're not putting your sense of self-worth in a value system that is truly made up, then, yeah, I'm cool with it. Like, yeah, go I, for it. So I, I guess I would say I, I think the point about the Chillbox is well taken, and I think it's been brought into stark relief because you have people who have been, like, working on their TikTok presence really hard for, like, years, and then they find that the algorithm has basically betrayed them. Like, you know, they're they're getting completely throttled. You know, there's people with, like, millions of followers and then it's like oh they're getting like a thousand videos like views per video like i can't imagine how frustrating that would be you know to like work so hard because the thing about doing podcasts is like it's kind of a slow burn thing where like you slowly over many years increase your listenership in general you know some people have immediate and instant success but podcast numbers fluctuate way less in my opinion, than like YouTube views or TikTok. Well, because they're not at the control of an algorithm. YouTube and correct. TikTok are both correct. Like, For podcast, you're like subscribing. You're yeah. getting every episode, right? So, uh, so I, I've seen it happen. I'm like, oh, this like if people invest like a ton of time into it, like they can find that like at the end of the day, the algorithm's like, nope, we're not going to serve up your videos anymore, and then you're screwed, and that's very scary. Um, but uh, but also but also like the benefits to me about like something like TikTok is. I can honestly like express myself in a way that I don't otherwise, you know, like, like be a little bit more What's silly. What's an example of it? Just just doing sketches at all. Like I've never done that before, you know, and like um, trying to like show that side of my sense of humor in a way that I haven't. Like, you, so you, I see that's again. It's like I think you. It's like I disagree with that. It's like your entire <laughs> podcast persona is one that's like a little bit rooted in silliness and is rooted in like the fun. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. You literally like, like you've created this trope that I don't even like 
of making one of your co-hosts like tell these stupid like rhymes about every movie and like that is the pinnacle of silliness it's like you guys like it's like i don't i don't you say these you say these things like i you know i don't do this in my it's like yes you do and you do them very well and like people like it and like i'm I'm assuming the people the reason people like that dude has made a has made a a revenue channel of just making these (laughs) stupid rhymes right and it's like okay great but yes yeah yeah i mean awesome rhymes so so yeah well uh, fair enough i just don't think you're being consistent in the way you're assessing the things you've done as Got it. per usual. Uh, fair, that's a fair point. The, but, you know, like I haven't done like sketches with myself at a very basic level. So how about that? Um, yes, you, you, you hadn't made uh, portrait uh, portrait aspect um, videos <laughs> of you talking to yourself in with captions underneath them ever. Correct. That, that is correct. You know, which, yeah, yeah, okay. So I guess in that semantic way, you are correct. <laughs> And then, and then the other the other benefit is like I'm discovering new people and uh, honestly people that I might work with in the future, and that's um, I find that very valuable as well. So you All are right. not seeing the fruits of that yet, but uh, I think you will someday. So yeah, yeah I love yeah. I love I love produce, so I'm sure I'll love it. Um, <laughs> okay, well I guess that's it. You know, sometimes I feel like you you're like you know what? Let's stop doing this, and it's kind of nice to be. It's nice to have the power. I mean, also it's like I have to start working because it's like almost time here. <laughs> okay. So um, so we're we're wrapping up this episode of of Dave on Dave is what you're saying. It's been like an hour, right? Yeah, it's yeah, been an hour. It's been an hour. It's been an hour. This is a good uh, one. Put this one on the main feed. <laughs> okay, ship it. I'm gonna show ship people it, how the, I'm gonna show people how the side, and then delete the other one because I hate it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I I don't know if I'm going to do that, but all right. Well, David Cho is a creative strategist and otherwise talented uh, media personality and publisher. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram. David Cho, thanks for joining me today for another episode of Dave on Dave. Wait, do I get to do my um, my picks? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have any picks. <laughs> uh, uh, that, listen, that's only Dave, for a full interview. That's when I'm interviewing you, David Cho. Uh, Dave, I want you to have a around. great. I want you to have a great vacation. Um, you know, don't read everything on the internet. Enjoy your time. Eat a lot of good food. There's going to be lots of good spam and poke and all that shit. So, you know, have a good time. And uh, yeah, I just like, just don't be so hard on yourself. You know? It's I like, think that's been the hit, message of every Dave on Dave. Actually, and I try no, to- here's what I'd say is, it's don't be so hard on yourself, but also be harder on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's reapply the pressure that you're putting on yourself to other things. All right. Thank you, David Cho.